the Keeping It Real podcast where I, Mary Laura Hunt, interview experts on the dangers of social media and how to handle them in the real world. I do want to kind of preface that we are going to be talking about some not inappropriate subjects, but some age-appropriate subjects. So if you have little ears listening, maybe save it for another time, but we're going to dive right into it. I'm so excited to be here with a speaker, writer, teacher, and the director of Freedom 13 Ministries right here in Ruston, Louisiana, Lindsay Crawford. Hello. Hello. I'm so excited you're here. I think we're going to be talking about some very interesting subjects that all of you are going to be very interested to listen to. But before we get into all of that, Lindsay, I want our listeners to get a little bit more familiar with you. So can you tell us just a little bit about yourself? Well, I like to say that I'm from Ruston, even though I'm a preacher's kid and I've <laughs> lived all over the place because of my parents moving. But um, ever since I was married, which was almost 22 years ago, I've been a Ruston girl. So I'm very proud of that. By profession, I'm a school teacher. I taught six years in private and public school, and I really thought that that's what I was going to do with the rest of my life. I love teaching. Um, but then we started our family, and I started having little little kids back to back to back, and mm-hmm. so I really wanted to be at home to be with them until they became school age. And so now I have a senior, a sophomore, and a fifth grader. So wow. when they started school, I just didn't feel like it was part of my calling to go back to teaching. God was stirring some other things up in my heart, obviously related to the mission of Freedom 13. I didn't know what, what that was going to look like at the time. But there were some things that I was learning about our community that bothered me and also kind of mesmerized me as far as just wanting to know more of what that looked like and what was happening. And so that is kind of where the the vision for Freedom 13 started to, to come together for me. And so we officially started in 2015. We have ebbed and flowed with the culture. We love to discuss topics that affect us every day, but that are sometimes hard to talk about just openly, kind of mm-hmm. like what we're doing today, even though they, they're they in our hearts and our minds all the time. So initially we started talking to groups about God's design for sex and healthy relationships and how technology and pornography were affecting our everyday lives. And so as that kind of just grew, a jail ministry came as a result of that. A sex trafficking ministry was birthed out of that. And now we have the privilege of talking to students about social media and mental health and Wow, that is amazing. It's a lot. That is such <laughs> it sounds inspiring. crazy. Like, no, I love it. Like, wow, like that that's that's amazing. I can tell just by the way you're talking to me about it that you are so passionate about it. So I read up a little bit about you before we came here. And so I saw in your bio that you expressed that you started this ministry because of like a personal life experience slash heartbreak, something along those lines. So mm-hmm. I'm just wondering if you could maybe expand on that a little bit for us if it's not too personal. And so what made you, what was kind of the turning point where you were like, this is what I want to do with my life, but just, and what, yeah, yeah. Like from a personal perspective. Yeah, from a personal perspective, like what's, what what in your personal life Mm -hmm. stirred this up in your heart? Well, I'm just like everybody else. Like we have our stories, things about us that we're not proud of or things that were painful. Um, I'm very fortunate that I don't have a lot of tragedy in my past, which I'm thankful for. My parents were divorced. That didn't happen until I was an adult and Mm -hmm. I was a mom. And so that impacted me in a, obviously in a, in a a tough way, like it would anybody. Mm -hmm. I had a rough relationship in college that I'm not proud of, but God taught me a ton of things in and through that. And what I, I learned 
is uh, when my husband and I, we were on vacation in Canada one, one summer and we were uh, whitewater rafting and our boat flipped and it was just a crazy situation, but both of us nearly drowned in wow. that situation. And that's like another story for another day. Mm-hmm. But I walked away from that experience realizing how quickly life can, can come and go. Mm-hmm. And it made me think about how I was using the time I had on this earth. And I've had all these experiences, some great, some painful, but God has allowed them to happen to me for whatever reason that only he knows about. Mm-hmm. But I know that there are other people out there who can relate to that. Like when we sit down like you and I are doing and just kind of let our guard down, just become transparent um, and not act like we're something that we're not or that we're better than, you know, like we got it together because none of us really do. <laughs> Truth. You know, it's yes. just, I just feel like a, a lot of the pressure just it just kind of starts to break away it just kind of mm-hmm. falls off like we start connecting and you know we can almost find something in common with everybody that we meet yes so wow I, I love that so you're obviously a very faithful woman which I, I so admire you talk with such grace you obviously deal with some really hard heavy things in your ministry yeah. so how do you kind of navigate staying so faithful and expressing your faith to other people that come through your ministry that might not believe the same things as you do? Right. That is a great question, and it's really a complex one to answer. Mm-hmm. Um, with every situation that God has given us, we we pray over We being our, my staff, my family, we pray over handling it in a way that honors the Lord. Mm-hmm. We're in a, a, a culture and a season of time where you can just about mention anything and somebody's going to be offended by Mm -hmm. it. And so the way I've just not really tried to avoid, that's a bad way of saying it, but just trying to kind of keep the ground neutral is because I'm a Christian and I'm proud to say that I'm a Christian and that I love the Lord, that he is who I find my identity in. Mm -hmm. And I have that, I can say that about myself because of the things he's done in my life. And those are things that other people can't take from you. When God does something in your life, that's yours. That's your story. Mm -hmm. That's between you and him and nobody else, even though they may try to talk about you or judge you, they really don't get to because that's your experience, Mm -hmm. not theirs. And so we, like when we're standing in front of like, let's say a student uh, in public school, which that's Mm -hmm. kind of a tough crowd Mm -hmm. and you have to be so careful. Our agenda is never to go and push our faith on anyone. We don't even mention faith unless someone asks a question, you know, that we Mm -hmm. just can't help avoiding it. We're not there to talk about controversial issues. We're really there just to present the statistics and the Mm -hmm. facts. And this is what's happening in our culture. And what are some boundaries that we can put into place to protect Mm -hmm. ourselves? Just try to keep the ground neutral. Mm -hmm. It is challenging, though, because everybody's got an opinion about all of the topics that Mm -hmm. our ministry is about. Well, I'm a really big believer in not like banging people over the head with a Bible and more showing that we know the Lord through our actions. And I can so tell that you do that every day. (laughs) And I think that's a much more productive way of expressing your faith for sure. For For sure. sure. Okay, so you mentioned that you have a sex trafficking awareness has sprung out of this ministry. And that is a really, really hot topic Mm -hmm. in our society. And it's talked about, talked about a lot. But I think a lot of people don't really ever get a solid 
explanation of what sex trafficking actually is mm -hmm. and like you have to know what it is in order to understand how to avoid it and protect yourself so can you break that down a little bit for us sure there's a lot of words and phrases that we use um, interchangeably some of them mean the same things and sometimes they don't like we use them incorrectly as a society and I mean I'm guilty of that too mm -hmm. but you've got the sex industry okay which those that could be anything from prostitution to stripping to uh, anything that is related to sex, mm -hmm. okay? Then you have sex trafficking, which is the something of value that you're exchanging for sex. So that could be money, drugs, shelter. I mean, it could be a number of things. You have human trafficking, which is the general term for all of the above that I just you know mentioned, basically. And then you have labor trafficking, which mm -hmm. is similar to sex trafficking, except the exchange is not of something of value for sex, it's something of value for work. Mm -hmm. Like if you work my um, farm, for example, then I'll let you live on the property free. Okay, sounds like a good deal, right? Mm -hmm. But that's, things can, can go wrong quickly when mm -hmm. you have things like that. So and there's a debt to be paid. Yes, yes. So in terms of social media, how has social media hindered or helped the business of sex trafficking right. because in my mind like I feel like it's much more like there's much more awareness around it but it's also I feel like it's really easy for like creeps to get in there really easily so what's your take on that well yeah I mean you know we're in a culture of, of information I mean mm -hmm. if you want to read about something you just go to the Google right it'll just basically solve our life you know life's yeah. mysteries if you know just ask the Google and so there's a lot of good in the sense that you can read up and you can become clear on topics like that we're talking about today mm -hmm. but if you're if you're talking about social media and kind of the danger or the reality that comes with that mm -hmm. um, especially on the heels of COVID and this pandemic where we were all behind doors and we were all on our screens mostly mm -hmm. it's created this whole new next level kind of opportunity for predators and it has set up this really unhealthy playground of comparison you know what is the ideal Mm. Um, what how do I need to look how smart do I need to be how much money do I need to make I mean it's not just pertaining to sex trafficking I mean it is just so many things mm -hmm. but definitely predators it's increased their opportunity to reach out mm -hmm. and they've gotten real creative with how they do that so I want to I want to dive into the, that a little bit how do you recognize if you are the prey of a predator how do you come to that realization what, what do you need to look for well, the first like knee-jerk response that I have to that question is if it feels off, it's probably off. Mm -hmm. You know, if it just feels funny or weird or creepy or, you know, cringy, it's, it probably is. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, when I, I'll get to talk to students and I'll ask them, how many of y'all have gotten a weird DM from a complete stranger? Oh, yeah. So okay. many. <laughs> and like junior high kids and up almost the whole room will raise their hands okay mm -hmm. and then I'll say all right we'll leave your hand up if the message you got asked you to do something that was weird mm -hmm. you know maybe sexual maybe not but just something that you know maybe they asked you for money or maybe they asked you to send a picture of your dog or you know whatever it is if mm -hmm. it feels weird if it feels off then it probably is 
um, someone who compliments you, a total stranger who may be looking on your social media page and all of a sudden they start commenting mm -hmm. regularly or sending you a private message. You're so beautiful. I love your the color of your hair. I love the um, style that you've chosen. I mean, those are things that we have a, a circle of people in our lives that get to say those things, mm -hmm. right? Our family mm -hmm. or our close friends. But when it's someone outside of that, that's that's kind of infringing a little bit mm -hmm. on our boundaries. And I mean, if I'm being completely open and honest here, the truth of the matter is, if you're that one kid in the class that doesn't get to raise their hand when the question is asked, you know, who has who has gotten a weird message or been asked to do something weird, if you're like, huh, well, I haven't been asked to do something weird. Your immediate response is, well, I guess I wasn't pretty enough for them to message me in the first place. And I feel like that's the whole reason why we engage with this in the first place. That's it's what's because, so twisted about mm -hmm. it. Because it's so wrong. But anywhere where we're going to get that validation, like we're going to engage with that. Absolutely. For that's sure. a great point. So like how do you, what is your advice to teenagers who are looking for that validation and who are like, unintentionally going to fall into that trap of, wow, like they're making me feel special. So I want to continue this unhealthy relationship. Right. That's why Freedom 13 and what we do is so important because I don't think I've been there and I'm sure you could relate to this. Like we don't even realize that we are stuck in that frame of mind. We don't even realize that when somebody says, how many of y'all have gotten a sleazy DM from a total stranger and we don't get to raise our hand and that makes us feel insecure. Mm -hmm. like we don't even see that that's kind of sick a little mm -hmm. bit. Yes. Like, that we're feeling left out because a creep hasn't messaged us. Totally. That's good, you know. Uh -huh. But I, that's what I mean. We all fall into the trap of being so blinded by what this culture has sold us mm -hmm. as far as standards. And so being able to kind of come in and help you op help open your eyes to, to things. Also from a parent's perspective, just having open and honest conversations mm -hmm. that you have to just keep going all the time with your teenagers. I'm sure that happens in your home. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you probably like it. Sometimes you probably <laughs> don't. And then just having good friends, you know, mm -hmm. but the truth of the matter is when we're unhealthy, when we are broken, we usually gravitate to unhealthy and broken people. Mm -hmm. And that's why when something feels weird, maybe asking somebody who may be struggling that you see Maybe you're in a good place, but this other person isn't. Just being bold enough and brave enough to say, hey, are you okay? Mm -hmm. You know, how are things going? Without mm -hmm. being too much, you know? And mm -hmm. it's, it's a really huge challenge for all of us. So if there are parents listening that are like, okay, I want to be open and honest with my kid, but I don't really know where to start. Like what specifically open and honest conversations do parents need to have with their kids, like surrounding social media and so the problems and situations that social media can present? Well, as soon as a parent decides to let their kid have a phone in any capacity, whether it's just a text or, or, or it has everything on it, those conversations <laughs> have to start right then and there. Mm -hmm. Of course, you know, and this is kind of the wrong audience as far as you and I talking, but when, when I'm talking to parents, I always am like, put that off as long as you can. You and I have talked about mm -hmm. this. Everybody's different as far as when they can have a phone. You know, it depends on maturity level and those kind of things, and can they handle the responsibility, all of that. But once you've been through all of that and the decision has been made as a parent, those constant conversations and not being afraid to hold your kid accountable, which mm -hmm. means going on their phone. I hate having to get on my kids' phones because I'm terrified of what I might find. But that's my job. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not being a good mom if I don't 
check to see if the conversations are healthy. If who, who is this person you FaceTimed? Where were you when you FaceTimed? Mm-hmm. You know? And but the thing about social media is it's really hard to hold each other accountable for that uh-huh. because stuff comes and goes so quickly. It's easy to hide things. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't put those filters that you can maybe on your phone on an actual social media app. So it becomes a challenge. For sure, and that's that's kind of the purpose of this podcast because I find that a lot of parents tend to shy away from social media because they don't understand it, and like that's their kid's realm. They're not going to enter that. But I mean, if it's your kid's realm, it's your realm too. And most of the time, a social media persona and life is just as impactful, if not more, than an in-person life. Oh my goodness, mm-hmm. it's for like it's a double life for yeah. a lot of us that are having to keep up with the standards of what's on social media and our phone use and then real life. But I, I try to tell parents, okay, when your kid was small, did you just send him outside to play in the street and be like, good luck to you? <laughs> you yeah. didn't do that. No. That's insane, no. okay? But that's what it's like with our phones. We hand them to our kid and we're like, best of luck to you. <laughs> and it's very very dangerous the things that are out there there has to be some training why do we do that like what like why does our society not not put social media on the same page as like any other danger like why is that I don't probably there's a whole list of things Mm -hmm. but I think an easy answer is we compare our experience with our phone use to what our that, that our kid will have the same experience that mm-hmm. we do. I try not to get on social media. It annoys me when I get on social media. I try to put time limits, and we assume our kids are going to do that. Mm-hmm. But we forget, you know. I hope to not offend anybody, but we kind of forget how how easy it is to be dumb as a kid. Yes. And I don't mean that disrespectfully, no, but we just don't I, have yes. that development, you know, um, in our brain to make good decisions. Mm-hmm. And I just think we're, we, it's easy to forget that. Or we think my kid would never do that. Mm-hmm. My kid would never send that kind of picture. Well, mm-hmm. hopefully not, but yeah. you know, the statistics show that they are, mm-hmm. you know, so. Well, and I'm going to have a counselor on here in a later episode to kind of break down the thought process that a teenager that's has, but good. that's, a, that's, that's a great point because we're dumb. A well, little bit, a little I, bit. We don't have the life experience not to be. And also, and I, I read, you wrote this somewhere while I was reading your stuff <laughs> this morning, but like there's no manual. No. Like no generation of parents, grandparents, or kids has gone before us. Like y'all are it. Your generation, mm-hmm. y'all are like the guinea pigs in this whole thing. And so we're having to live and learn and we're paying y'all are paying too some mm-hmm. really big prices for this. Oh. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So if a parent is going, is worried about their kids, something feels off to them in their social media world and they go to check their phone, what are like three major red flags? Like if they see it, they need to be concerned. I know I can speak from personal experience Mm -hmm. when I've checked my kids' phones and like when they, the way they're communicating with their friends like the, the texting or the messaging mm-hmm. or even the, maybe some of the snaps going back and forth. If they if that doesn't sound like my kid, the, the person that I know is my kid, that's going to be a red flag for me as mm-hmm. a parent because that's going to tell me you are one way with your friends than you are with me. Mm-hmm. So when you're reading your kids, t- whatever, and you're like, my kid wrote this? Mm-hmm. My kid talks like this? Mm-hmm. My kid thinks this is funny? We've all done it. 
and and I'm sure all all of your friends have done something like that because of the peer pressure component. Mm -hmm. But just that's a huge red flag for me. Obviously, pictures or, or videos. I think that kind of goes without saying. If you see something that concerns you that they've received or sent, um, sometimes y'all receive stuff from people you didn't ask for that, you know. And so those are some big red flags as parents we need to talk our kids through what to do in those situations mm -hmm. that's a really it's i guess it's whatever is concerning in your home and mm -hmm. that's you know from from home to home and space to space because my standards for my kids are sometimes too high because i'm kind of a strict mom i'm not real proud of that in some ways mm -hmm. in some ways i am some way i'm not so it just depends mm -hmm. well i mean i i'm a total believer like you need to have a good foundation of morals as a kid to, you know, understand what should be expected of you in the real world. And I'm, I'm thinking too, as we're, we're hashing this out, like when we gave our kids phones, we gave them a contract. And I know that sounds super cheesy. I had that with my car too. <laughs> all the kids yep. are going, oh, I roll. <laughs> but we, we had a contract where all the expectations were written out and the consequences of what would happen if they did A, B, and C, uh -huh. okay? And, so, and it was a really long contract because I'm, I'm kind of a wordy, detailed person. So mm -hmm. we, we went through that with them. They signed it, and they've not always kept to their, to their agreement, and we've had to go back. And I think that helps, too. When you start seeing, as a parent, when you start seeing some of those, those rules being broken that y'all talked about and mm -hmm. he's, he or she signed off on, you know, that's a good place. Well, to start. and it's not like you're just going to make up a rule to make up a rule. Like most of the time, if <laughs> exactly. you have that contract, there will be natural consequences for whatever you're asking them not to do. And I feel mm -hmm. like that's the same thing in faith. Like there's there's nothing that God is going to ask mm -hmm. us not to do that won't have natural consequences. Like Absolutely. There's a, there's a reason. And so most of the time, the kids that are rolling their eyes because their parents made a contract, like the kids who didn't have that contract learn the hard way they do and that's much harder than having a contract yes it is and I think where you're at like growing up in your stage of life because I have a senior you know and he, <laughs> he's he's turned a corner as far as understanding these things better you know kids just really don't they have a I think in general they have a hard time receiving the consequences they're they're fine up front like oh okay if I break this rule this is what's going to happen to me I know okay where do I sign my name just give me my phone kind of thing mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and not realizing that okay, are you going to have the same kind of attitude when, when you break the rule or when something happens? And we don't. I mean, mm -hmm. I, you know, if my husband hides my phone from me to, to play a joke on me, I, it's not funny to me. No. I get upset because <laughs> I won't know where my phone is because I'm so dependent on it. That's kind of sad that I feel that way, but it's true for all of us. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Okay, so let's start on the elephant in the room. Let's let's talk about. We it. haven't talked about let's all talk these about elephants. It. No, we've we've laid out some elephants, but we're gonna talk about the big one. Okay, so let's talk about sex. Okay. Let's talk about the sex industry because I am so interested because I feel like everything is very much like me, 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 attention, attention, attention. Like I need to draw attention to myself, and I feel like everything nowadays is very sexualized. Like everything. It is. Why? Well. My faithful answer is Satan. Satan is alive <laughs> and the devil is real. Okay, but that's just me. But also our culture is just completely fascinated with the topic mm -hmm. of sex. I don't even think we realize it sometimes, but I don't see how kids could because I would have missed it as a kid because our parents thought it was sex crazy when we were kids. But so this isn't a new thing. It's not. It, has it gotten worse in some ways? It has. Technology has mm -hmm. amped up the game for sure, but it's really just the same song, different verse, if yeah. you know what I mean. Okay. But our music 
is very sexual. Our celebrities, it's like the, you know, you are as valuable as you are sensual. Mm. That's like the value system that we've placed mm -hmm. on culture. Like the more sensual and the more sexual you are, the more valuable you are to our culture and to, um, to the world, okay, quote unquote. Go into any store around here and look at the clothes for little girls. You know, they keep getting shorter and thinner and skimpier. I don't even know if we realize, it's like this slippery mm -hmm. slope. Mm -hmm. But I think for kids, kind of goes back to the thing with social media, when it feels off, it is off. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to say yes to things. And I know, we, you know, mm -hmm. like when it comes to sex, like you don't have to say, but I'm talking about, I think there are kids coming up in society today that don't, girls especially, that don't even know that they have an option to say no. Because the expectation is always, you gotta look like this, you gotta talk like this, you gotta act like this when you really don't, mm -hmm. you can say no to these things. And I, I, you can have a high standard, whether you're a person of faith or not, you can have a high standard for mm -hmm. yourself. We just have to, we have to mm -hmm. remind, we have to remind ourselves of that option. Mm -hmm. a lot. So how has social media influenced our relationships with these topics, with sex, with boyfriend, girlfriend relationships, with family relationships? Like how has social media influenced those relationships? Because I feel like, Sometimes on social media, they're a little unhealthy. For sure. Mm -hmm. it's, just, it's because of the access to it. I mean, that's, that's how I feel. I, when I was a kid and I was your age, if we wanted to look at pornography or um, if we wanted to just look at something that was almost like pornography, we had to work a lot for that. Like mm -hmm. you had to go to the store and buy the magazine or you had to go down to the triple X store in town, which you were never gonna do because somebody might see you, especially <laughs> with a small town. You would just, it was, it took a lot of work, uh -huh. but now it's one click away. It's, you know, and even if you have filters or boundaries in place on your phone that your parents have put there, it doesn't mean you're, you're, that your friend's mm -hmm. gonna have those. I mean, it's so easily just to throw something in your face without you even asking to see it. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, you've seen it, your eyes have seen it, your brain responds to what you've just seen, then your body responds to what your brain is telling you because that's how God wired us. God made us to be sexual. He mm -hmm. made us to be in relationship with other people. And there's like this counterfeit idea out there of what is sexy and what is healthy and it's all a bunch of crap, mm -hmm. you know, but we, I mean, we, we pay for it, we buy it mm -hmm. and it, we're easy sell. So what is healthy? Because I feel like we can all establish what is unhealthy. Like we, we know when something's unhealthy, we feel it. You feel it. Yeah. What is healthy? Because I feel like that is buried underneath the big pile of our society being like, okay, this is unhealthy. Yeah. Personally, if it, if it causes um, you to be or feel unhealthy in any way, then it's not healthy. Mm -hmm. If you're in a relationship and it's not helping you be a better person or closer to the Lord, if it's not helping you to help, if this person is not helping you meet your goals or accepts your dreams. Um, and I mean, I'm talking about even the relationships with our phone. Mm. Like it, I'm not talking about necessarily your, a romantic relationship, although this definitely applies. If, if, you, if you can't become a healthier person or a, a more spiritual person, or you can't achieve your goals, or you can't discuss and get affirmation for your dreams and who you are, then it is not healthy. And that's just pretty, pretty basic for me. And I, I think what we don't see is the average kid will spend 30 plus hours on his or her phone a week. 
Okay, a full-time job is 40 hours. I mean, sometimes 30 hours for some people is a full-time job, but it's pretty close to a full-time job. If I spent that much time getting to know my husband or, or going on a date with him, if I spent that much purposeful time with him every week, I mean, I think we have a healthy marriage, but just imagine how much better our relationship would be, mm -hmm. or just marriage in general across the, the the, the, the board would be, but we don't. We're spending that time in a relationship with the machine. Mm -hmm. And that lacks a lot of, of fulfillment mm -hmm. and creates a lot of unhealthy habits and thoughts. So if we are trying to form a healthy relationship with our phone, our friends, our boyfriends, our family, like if we're putting in the effort to try and do that, make that relationship healthy, I feel like the hard part of that is the people surrounding us are not doing the same. Right. How like how do you deal with that? How do you if you're trying to do better, it's really hard to do that when the people around you are also not trying to do better. Exactly. So how does that how do you handle that? Well, that's a really hard thing to handle. And sometimes we have to change our scene. Mm -hmm. Like we have to change our group, we have to change our environment, and we also just have to be able to tell whoever's in our life, look, I, I'm not gonna you know, be on my phone for so many hours, or I'm not gonna look at that because it's not healthy for me, or I'm not gonna watch that show because it makes me feel insecure. To be able to say those things and the people in our lives be like, okay, I respect that. Mm -hmm. If they don't respect that or can't respect that or can't support you, they're probably not your people or they shouldn't be. Yeah, great point. We talked a lot about how social media is unhealthy and the things that we do need to avoid, but I kinda wanna unpack how this is going to benefit us because this this isn't going anywhere exactly and so how like like let's get some let's get some positivity going thank through you. here about it thank you that <laughs> is such a great idea because i always hate when i have to walk away from a group of kids or a group of parents and it's like oh my gosh that is the most <laughs> depressing information i've ever heard here's the thing when we know better we do better mm -hmm. okay so there's there's something to be said about stopping and talking about the hard stuff and this is what we're doing. And here. that's exactly what we're doing. <laughs> but, okay, now that we know this, what can we do about it? Mm -hmm. That's my thing, all right? I think your generation has turned a corner as far as being the most creative generation that our society has seen. The fact that, and this is what one of my most favorite things about y'all, we can't sugarcoat anything with mm, you guys. That is a good point. Okay, like our parents, the baby boomers, right, and, um, and even Gen X, and maybe some millennials, we're an easy sell, especially our baby boomers. Mm. You know, if, if, the, if the people in our life told us that's what we needed, we didn't question it, we just did it. Wow. Because it's like my grandmother, this is how she always did, whatever. Y'all are different because you've had so much access to information. It's forced you guys to question everything you've seen and everything you read because you can go scroll and, and read what an influencer says about the campaign, the presidential election, and you have to choose, all right, am I going to adopt her set of views, this influencer, or am I going to make my own? Mm -hmm. And so I love that it's 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 made y'all stretch in in the sense that, Okay, I don't want to just be repeating, y'all's generation doesn't want to just be repeating what you just read on social media. Mm -hmm. You want to actually form your own thoughts. So cre creativity, we are having more entrepreneurs, 
activists in this culture coming out of y'all's generation than we ever have because it's depressing what's happening around our mm -hmm. in our world so i love that you guys y'all want to change the world y'all want to change the, what what we're having to deal with you're realizing you're going to be a mom one day and okay how's this going to Im mm -hmm. impact my kid and so you're making some really great changes you're starting businesses you're not easily deceived so when you have to make a tough decision you're going to make a wise one because you've thought on it. You've, mm -hmm. As my husband says, you've kicked some tires, <laughs> okay? Um, I love that about you guys. Um, and I think it's gonna make y'all better parents and just better human beings. Mm -hmm. You know, the, if you're a person of faith, you know it's gonna get worse before it gets better in mm -hmm. this world. You know, that's just the nature of sin. But I love that this generation of kids, there's something going on in their hearts, like from a spiritual perspective, they're wanting to be better and do better. Uh, and they're they're wanting to to change change the environment that we're in. You know. Wow. Well, I don't know about any other teenagers listening, but that just like pumped me up. I'm like, it oh should. yeah, it should. We need to have support <laughs> groups where we all meet together, and I get to meet mm -hmm. with the girls and be like, don't forget. You yes. are creative. <laughs> you are smart. You are wise. Because mm -hmm. we do in this oh. culture, it's so easy to forget that mm -hmm. for all of us. Well, I love that. That just that just made me feel like revived. I don't know about anybody else. And yeah, I, I do like that point. Before we are able to change, we have to embrace our situation and our difficulties. So, and that's what we're doing here. Thank you so much for coming and Thank talking about some me. of the stuff that might be a little bit uncomfortable, but I'm so glad that we touched on it because so many people are wanting those answers and hopefully I gave you some that you were looking for. So thank you so, so much, good. Lindsay. Thank you for having me. Okay, so Lindsay, I'm wondering, and I want to give this information to our listeners, where can people find more of you and Freedom 13? Well, speaking of social media and how unhealthy it is, <laughs> they can find us on the social media. Um, we're on Facebook and Instagram, but also we have a website, freedom13ministries.com, if you want to volunteer, if you want to support, if you just want to know what we're doing um, mm -hmm. in this part of the, the country, you can go check it out. Mm -hmm. And if you're listening to this podcast and feel like you might need some help or guidance in Lindsay's area, please make sure to check her out. Give her a call. She's super fun to talk to, like we've just seen here. <laughs>